That Naturopathic Podcast. TNP. Hello there. Hi, and thanks for joining us. I'm Dr. Michelle Pobega, naturopathic doctor. And I'm Dr. David Miller, ND, and we hear your frustrations. This show is for you. This show is for you if you're feeling like your current healthcare strategy is not getting to the root cause or the underlying reasons for your health. This show is for you if you've been told that you're fine, but you definitely don't feel very well. This show is for you if you're walking out of your doctor's office with one, two, three, four, or even five medications without any mention of diet, lifestyle, or a long-term game plan. This show is for you if you've got several specialists taking care of you, but no one is really putting all the pieces together. This show is for you if you believe that health should be part of healthcare. These problems have solutions. We know it. Our patients know it. And we want you to know it. Naturopathic medicine is the solution that you should know about. Welcome to another episode of that naturopathic podcast. Dr. Dave Miller here, naturopathic doctor dancing in the background for those who cannot see is Dr. Michelle Puega, also a, nat- a naturopathic doctor. I'm, uh, I'm great. I'm feeling groovy. I, uh, for all those, uh, at the time of this recording, uh, for all those people who have to renew their, uh, can, uh, college of Ontario, naturopaths or Kano or whatever, um, our regulatory board is coming up that we have to re-register and I had to do my CPR course again last night and keep that up to date. Cause that's required of us naturopaths every two yeah. years. So I did that yeah. last night and then it was close to my sister's. So I stayed over and then, uh, we had a little hang. We played go fish with her son. It was pretty great. Nice. You got cool <laughs> sisters. I do have cool sisters. Yeah. Indeed. Shout out, shout out to my sisters. If y'all are listening. Hey-o. Right. Yeah. So, so, so we, yeah, go on. We played go fish. And then we also discussed how she saw her osteopath that, uh, the day before, and she was having all these pains in her, uh, lower, like upper right abdominal area, AKA gallbladder area. And it was so funny. Cause a few weeks ago I was like, have you done my, like, have you done like some stuff to support your gallbladder, like I recommended and like, you know, blah, blah, blah. She's like, no, I keep having to find the time. And then of course her osteopath was like, dude, these organs need some love. And she was like, my sister just said that a couple of weeks ago too. Cause he released something. And then she said she felt super weird after. Mm-hmm. And then she was like, but he spent a good amount of time there. That was like one of the first things and something was super stuck in that area. And she felt almost spazzy. And she says, she's still kind of feeling some weird things as it's shifting like 48 hours later. So it was just, it's just, that's why I don't know. It's cool. And just uh manual therapy stuff is cool. Just like, wow. Those things. What a great unexpected unrehearsed introduction to what I'm going to name feel first, think later the episode. That's yeah. why I brought it up because I forgot to bring it up earlier today. In the you're good, talk. you know, that you're good. I was like, what's she, what, where's she going with this intro here? And when I'm I on, I'm on. When I'm on, <laughs> I'm on. I found a segue, Dave. You did. That was good. So I should first of all say uh, that feel first, think later thing. I got that from uh, Jean-Pierre Barral, my hero, 88 oh. years old or whatever he is. The, the king of osteopathic uh, manipulation to me. Anyway, um, Great, yeah, great, great opening. The the feel, the feel first, think later, uh, thing that applies to osteopaths. I've been using it a bit in clinic, and I find it very helpful. Yeah, I um, learn from you when you share with me about that, and it just makes me want to take those courses now. Yeah, and I'm gonna make you. 
somehow somehow so, i'll make you oh my god <laughs> i already have plans to do this day we don't have to I know, be forceful and, about it <laughs> no and you I know see. what related to that though is that we should say because it's really hard to like um it's really hard to be good at everything you it's i guess it's something you learn around this stage or maybe a little bit earlier of your uh, time as a naturopath it's really hard to be good remember dr paul anderson who's like the king grandpa who remembers Bless. everything he's the proper gangster grandpa of all of our stuff and he says it's really hard to be like half decent competent as a naturopath so i feel you you can't do every course you can't do everything um you just do the best you can and and you you try and learn and learn and learn which you do right i think that's the most important thing is you keep learning uh no matter what so, yeah, and you can't fit it into every appointment either. We were talking about this. That's and, practical you know, concern too. Right? Like I have a 30 minute appointment and just the conversation and the exchange of, of information and, you know, even like stuff to make you feel connected with your client. How was the wedding? How was your vacation? Like yeah, there's, yeah. there's, you know, like I like, I like to reconnect with my clients on that level too, before we get into like the deeper stuff, um, because I care, right? Um, but I was telling Dave, well, it's therapeutic we actually too. It's not, it, you, you know, like you have to connect. And, and so yeah. that's, that's important. It's it probably is important. more important in a sense. And then, you know, you never know what comes up in a conversation. The other day I was having a conversation with a client. I thought it was going to go super smooth. We had to go through some lab work. She had some updated testing, this and that. And then it comes out that there's a whole bunch of stuff happening in her family. And then she breaks into tears. And I was like, okay, we, you know, and it totally, it totally did a 180 as to how we needed to support her. So, you know, you have the best intentions, but life happens, life goes sideways, and then people come in and they need a different type of support. And I was even saying to to Dave that I value the physical exam and as much as I value what he does. And when I do uh, an abdominal exam, I do actually add in some extra components now to make sure that like all the valves and ducts and things of the digestive system are, are, are not wincy for people. I'm always looking at their face in case they wince, you know what I yes. mean? Um, <clears throat> but even with my best intentions of wanting to do that, sometimes I still find the physical exam gets shunted to like the third visit or the fourth visit because there's so much other stuff to talk about, especially as adults get more complicated with their health conditions and as things have just piled on, there's so much to unpack. Um, and as much, and, and I, and I was just saying like, I want to start prioritizing that physical assessment more, but I find I just get caught up in the intake and yeah, at the, the cost discussion. of what you have to be aware of. Right. So I'm yeah, with you. And, so and I don't and, know. It's so hard. I'm, it's super hard. I'm going to talk about two cases uh, today from that happened this week uh, in terms of uh, the importance of some kind of physical uh, examination or, or system to look at a, a, a person's uh, physical body. Again, mine is through the eyes of a naturopath who pretends to be an osteopath. Um, so um, so that's, that's what we'll talk about. But uh, these appointments were long. I think they're both two hours, their initial appointments. So, you know, it is hard because we're, what are we, we're going to talk, like you said, you got to connect, you got to talk about uh, signs and symptoms and history and the environment you live in, your foundations of health. Do you drink enough water? Do you sleep? Do you hate your life? Do you hate your wife? Do you hate your whatever? Okay. You know, those are important things. Do you move your body at all? Okay. So there's that. And then you might do the discussion about labs, or you might even talk about the labs you're going to order and order them. That's a lot of shit to get done and yeah. then do like some sort of physical examination. It's all, it's all important. 
And like yeah. the, you have to, you have, I mean, first and foremost, you have to hear the client. You can't just come in and see, oh, your intake form, you put, I have IBS. Let's just go in and start poking around in your abdomen when you haven't even heard from them first is exactly how they experience it. Like you, it helps guide the course of how you have to move forward to hear their experience of what they're feeling, their symptoms, how it transpired. Because then that might make, might make you be, be like, oh, that makes me want to check this, the stomach more, or I specifically mm -hmm. want to make sure that this is not a, a, an associated factor. Um, but it just feels like, yeah, there's just not enough time in the day and there's not enough me to go around. <laughs> I wish I wish I had like eight hands so I could be typing yeah. something and then doing a physical exam at the same time. <laughs> well, treating people, like treating whole, holistically treating a whole person with multiple sort of perspectives mm -hmm. and multiple tools with which to apply those perspectives makes it like, um, it is a job of, you know, juggling a lot of, uh, sometimes really valuable things and sometimes less, but you have, you kind of, it's, it's a lot to like, I'm almost jealous or envious of like osteopaths, RMTs, physios, may, the ones who especially they're like, I just, I, I work with the body and, and the symptoms that I'm getting from that and yeah. what the person does with their lifestyle and, and their, their bigger management of maybe autoimmune disease through other means, they don't have to worry about, it. they just kind of, they just do what, they, they stay in that little lane. I'm, I'm kind of envious of it, but as a naturopath pretending to be an osteopath, um, it's, yeah, it's a lot, You're not but you know what I'm trying anything. to do? What's that? You're not pretending to be anything. You're a naturopath. No, who's also applying valuable skills. Yeah. And, and so maybe, maybe we'll talk about, uh, the value. And, and one thing I'll say about that feel first, think later thing that, mm -hmm. that, uh, Burrell says, um, is it has to do with the idea of like, we have to connect with patients like we talked about. Um, that's very important. But then here's what happens. We have got symptoms in the body, which are fairly like raw pieces of evidence. If you want to look at them in some nerdy way, they're probably like, it's binary. It's sort of like, it's, it's like pretty raw evidence. It's like zero, zero, one, one, zero, zero. You know, it's like, that's your raw data that your body's working with. Right. Then that goes through our mind and our mind has experience. It has feelings. It has um, bias and all this sort of stuff. So now when I'm trying to tell you, say you're my doctor of naturopathic medicine, I say, Hey, Michelle, here's what I feel. It feels like this. I, you know, it happened when I was like eight, it started when I was eight or whatever. It reminds me of this. It feels like sharp, you know, I'm already, there's some error going on from my mind and then communicating it to you as best as I can. And then you, no matter how good you are, there's going to be error on the integration of it through your eyes and through mm. your mind so we got two sort of error points that then are making raw data from the body a little bit more error prone and that's okay sometimes people are really good at like um at deciphering information like mm. i think some naturopaths that's probably one of the best one of the things they're so amazing at is that they can put all these big right brain crazy constellation of symptoms together into something cohesive that's yeah. very hard to do i think the, the dr paul anderson's and the jonathan Beatties of the world yeah <laughs> those buggers are too smart for their own good so <laughs> so but we love them <laughs> so so what burrell says is only the tissues know mm. And so I like that. I, 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 that really hits home for me because as much as I like some homeopathy and some stuff that, um, you know, I'm sure I'll be, you know, uh, 
people will come with their pitchforks. The fact that I use homeopathy, I like to ground it with some anatomically based osteopathic, physical, anatomical uh, information. And so only the tissues know is, is a really important thing too. So we, if you know how to feel tissues, then you have less error. Hmm. That's the way I feel. That's where this okay. comes from. Ah, so tell, tell us about like, cause you had two clinically relevant. Yeah. Uh, moments this week having to do with palpation. Yeah. And like a physical assessment and how it really began to completely re-steer your, your, your course of action and your assessment of, of, of what was actually like showing up in this client and what they really needed. So tell us a little bit. I couldn't wait to talk to you, Michelle, about it. I was like, yes, I have an idea for this week's. Yeah. She's yeah. like, I'm ready. Put me in coach. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what happened? And the reason I, I think they're good cases is okay. This guy comes in and, and, um, main thing for him, pretty young guy, like in his early thirties, couple kids, um, really hard situation at home with sort of looking after a relative who's, who's stage four cancer. Um, but he seems to have like really good kind of, uh, coping strategies for his anxiety. He's had it since he was, uh, I think he said grade seven or eight. Um, and, um, so he's got stomach symptoms as well. Um, as well as the anxiety, because they often, as you know, they often go together. He gets like looser stools, um, really related to stress. Like at home, if he's really stressed, he'll go, he, he just kind of feels like a stress. He'll go to the toilet. He doesn't even feel like almost like a, like he has to go, but he'll go and he'll, you know, he'll go to the toilet and then he feels much better at It's like, there's like this, um, buildup of like anxious sort of feelings in the body that the catharsis of having, uh, the bowel movement and, and I think he'll usually urinate too, just feels better after. I'm just going so, to go ahead and agree with him that there is a very good catharsis with a good poop though. Like a hundred percent agree, but, but go on. I just <laughs> no, keep doing that. Cause you know, I can get carried away with it. it For real, it's, though. it's worth, poop, worth stating. Poop, poop catharsis is a real thing, guys. <laughs> Ask anyone who's got constipation. <laughs> poop catharsis is a real thing. So I read through his intake before. I do like when people do their intake form before, because it gives you yes. a little bit of like, yeah, it helps. Right. It Makes really little... does. So he free, he pees all the time. Um, <clears throat> and, and he's got, uh, it's no real urgency, but a lot of anxiety. Hmm. And he, part of why he thinks he loves running is it regulates his breathing. And he feels like, um, hmm. you know, like the, it's, it's like these acts somehow give him some relaxation. If you first pass it. Um, like like the catharsis of and then the the running he gets um um he's had panic attacks too okay so okay. he said always had a kind of crampiness in in the gut always um there's no real urgency but there's a kind of crampiness so he's done things like he cut out caffeine helped for a bit then the issues came back in did the same thing with alcohol helped for a bit then the issues came back Right. And then he did the same thing with sugar help for a bit. The issues came back. So I found it very interesting. And there's another patient I've had that exact same thing happen where he stops for it's like, Oh, it worked. And then no, it comes back. Mm. So I'm looking at his case and I'm thinking, I am so smart. I know exactly what's going on for sure. It's like the stomach, 
and the vagus nerve, you know, I'm like, I've, I've got this locked in. I'm, I'm basically telling them like, you know, things are worse with caffeine and worse with alcohol. Guess what? Those are hard on the stomach. Yeah. Guess what the, you know, guess what the stomach sort of houses mm-hmm. in terms of its anatomical course, anatomical course, the vagus nerve, the vagus nerve is going to control heart rate. You know, oh, I got this vagus nerve, anxiety, feeling safe, man. The confidence is just yeah, like, yes, just oozing, just <laughs> oozing confidence. I was wrong. <laughs> and, and I'm, I'm looking at my little, cause I do a little mind map sometimes with the, um, with the first visit. I'm like, it's pretty solid mind map. Like it was, and it's a pattern. Like we've talked about this kind of pattern. You'll see stomach Vegas, whatever, anxiety, stress, blah, 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 blah. You know, it's pretty common. But so, so I start doing my osteopathic, um, evaluation that I learned from the Burrell Institute. I start at the top and I, and I put my hand on his head and sort of feel where I get, you know, where the tensions pull you. Um, and I, I don't get pulled very far. I don't think I even got pulled to the front, which you normally would for the stomach. So I'm like, Hmm, weird. I get pulled to the left and, and it seems like it's in the head and neck. Hmm. Well, okay. Whatever. If you know, my brain part of me, because remember, it's feel first, think later. I want to think first. We're naturopaths. Mm-hmm. We often are good thinkers. I'm thinking, what the hell's going on? And so I, I said, you know what? You know what? Screw it. I'm just going to follow the technique. Why do I pay to learn this technique from someone who's way smarter than me if I'm not going to follow it? So I follow yeah. it and I get stuck on the head. And I, I ju- I've just done neuromeningeal manipulation, another Burrell course that helps you with like brains, skulls, dura matter, that sort of stuff. Um, and I've only, it's only level one, but it, it was enough for me to focus on the head and I start poking and, and I poke on the parietal bone, which is on the left, sort of like, um, top part of the head on the left. And he's like, Ooh, that feels sensitive, very sensitive. And I, I start doing some work there and I, I do some other sort of cranial, let's just say it's like cranial osteopathy that I'm working on. Okay. Um, then we'll bore you with the details. Um, the point was some really intense sort of like, uh, sleepiness and calm and everything is starting to come over him and it's very very uh, obvious and he's telling me too it was so cool and it's with such little touch and so coming to the end of like it's like over a two-hour appointment because i'm starting to treat now i'm not just assessing i'm starting to treat right. takes a while whatever and then um very end i'm like so hold on like we just spent the whole time on your head there and it clearly had some like impact on your physiology when did like did you ever bonk your head like did you ever hit your head on anything he's like oh yeah, yeah um when i was around like grade seven or eight i smashed my left part of my skull on like i uh i rolled a atv or something and i was like hmm interesting more than interesting i'll probably talk about it on the podcast <laughs> and cut to now <laughs> cut to now so uh, yeah, it, it seemed like a really, really sort of healing uh, experience with him um, and like crazy validation for his body and maybe him too, because he's been trying to figure out what the hell's, because he's got great coping. He's hell. I didn't say this too. He's healthy. Mm. He, like, he eats well for the most part. Maybe he eats late at night. Sometimes he runs, uh, you know, not excessively, but enough. And like he sleeps enough and he doesn't drink and, you know, he's a pretty healthy guy, pretty young guy. So he's been trying to figure it out. And I think he, it was like, wow, maybe that bonk on the head was like a traumatic brain injury of some sort and, and had some long-term effect on the function of his brain. 
So that's hmm. good. I think that's yeah. good. Cool. Okay. I thought that one was, uh, was pretty cool. That was definitely because it was so dramatic at the end with, um, uh, his story of like, Oh, I forgot to tell you, I smashed my head in the other one. Uh, but you know was... what? A lot of people don't connect that. Like I also have someone right now has extreme anxiety, has had sleep apnea since he was like a child. He had issues sleeping, but he wasn't officially diagnosed till years ago. He now has a CPAP machine, which has helped reduce his GERD. Mm, which is interesting. Cool. So I was like, but I was like, his nervous system is completely in disarray, like completely in disarray. And he has a history. Uh, he's had several concussions, which I think just adds to, again, his limbic system, his nervous system, everything being so off. Um, and people don't always, we're not always trained to see those connections and to think that something that happened to us as a child is going to have an impact where we are now. We even talked about the fact that he had his tonsils removed and antibiotics as a child. And I was like, well, that set the stage for X, Y, and Z and blah, blah, blah. And people were like, oh, they're like, oh, well, I, I, oh do you, well, do you want to know that this happened to me as a kid too? And I'm like, yes, I do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. So mm -hmm. yeah. 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 Cool. And, and it's, you can, you can, as a naturopath, you'll already be able to figure out that the nervous system is somehow involved. It sounds like, oh, yeah. like that's what you're doing. Yeah. But, I mean, with yeah. this person, it's, it's going to take some time. And I even told him and I was like, I think your body's in just like a heightened state of alert. So it's probably going to see yeah, a, lot yeah. of, a lot of change as a state of danger, even though that change is yes. going to be beneficial. So you might actually have a very like stress response to a lot of things until your body feels safe with this new little shift. And I was yeah. like, so don't, so be prepared that things might feel like they go sideways before they kind of recorrect, re course correct with, yeah. with the new applications, even if they are the best and they are exactly what you need, your body might still perceive it as danger. Another thing I should say too, is that, you know, I, I might've been able to like get around, uh, <clears throat> finding it by my hands. If I asked better, if I was better with my questioning, right. But, like, but yes and no, but at the same time is like, people aren't as forthcoming with all the information that we would think is relevant. And until you prompt, like, that's why I was asked about medical history, but sometimes people think, well, I fell, but it didn't lead to concussion symptoms. Mm -hmm. So they don't think of it as being something that was maybe as impactful and they don't connect that I've never really quite been well since. Right. Yeah. So they don't, they don't even, they don't even give it up because it didn't feel like it was a big thing. Even Yeah. When fair enough. You know it. what? Fair enough. If I didn't palpate, maybe it wouldn't have come up. I don't know. That's yeah, that's, that's fair, but it does go back to things we've talked about that. You know, remember we talked about the timeline yeah. and how like the onset of things is really important. Like, grade seven or eight if it was grade seven or eight it was a it was a female a biological female i might have asked uh a little more questions maybe about like men menarche and and mm -hmm. uh, if there's any sort of relationship to to um hormones but in this case it didn't strike me right away until um i put his head my hand on his uh his head and found some neat stuff so crazy now you had a second appointment this week that also um in spite of the intake, which again, there was a lot to unpack. So sometimes we don't always get to everything we want to talk about. And I'm the same thing. I always make a note at the end of my day to be like, at the second appointment, don't forget to ask about this part and this part because we didn't even get a chance to unpack it. Because like a lot of times people come to us and they have a lot of baggage that we have to like, 
And we don't even get to go through some of the basics because just their chief concerns are so complex already. Yeah. Right. So, so it happens, but anyways, and tell, this tell, was tell one her. of them. Yeah. What you're talking about. This was one of those. She's, she's got refractory celiac, like crazy stage four marsh, um, uh, refractory celiac, multiple pharmaceuticals. Um, and she's been worked up like really, really well. She, she has been worked up in, uh, just to not give too many details away though, uh, in a really sort of like high-end well-to-do area of Europe where they do medicine uh, apparently pretty damn well. And I saw all the work. Clearly much more, much more thoroughly than, Very than I think thorough. we are used to. Yeah. It was some high-end shit. That's dope. What she had done. Yeah, it was really cool. Anyway, um, so, but what I sort of frame things as is like, what's what's the main thing that sucks about your life? That's what I you know, because borderline spirituality in our practice, I think, Michelle, is that we want people to live a happier life. It's not just yeah. about numbers or, oh, let's get you off this drug as if that's the, you know, it's about, well, no, we don't know how long we're going to be here. I want you to have a good life, be happy. And so I usually frame people's goals in terms of like, hey, what's what's the shittiest thing? Like, there's lots of stuff we can focus on. What do you want to focus on? And for her, it was depression, like I've circled in here. Mm-hmm. Um, for those that can see, it was the tra- tra- trajectory here was was probably pretty common. You've probably seen it too. It was uh, stress, then anxiety, prolonged, 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 prolonged anxiety, then leading to depression. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one thing I talked about was uh, because she's she's got a autoimmune refractory celiac, I'm like, okay, you got probably some vagal dysfunction, which we know is related to autoimmune susceptibility and probably got some inflammation going on. I feel like you know, in conventional medicine, we talk about neurotransmitters being imbi- imbalanced in depression, but that's not the whole story. As you've probably seen, there's a lot of depression that comes related to just being inflamed as all get out. Um, so we talked about that. And again, I, I'm doing my mind map here. And I'm thinking, okay, I, I think I'm figuring this. I, I got this. I f- for sure, this is going to be some some issue in the upper GI. I specifically said it too. I'm like, oh, upper GI, probably upper GI problems as she's talking to me um and then we didn't have much time because like you said it was a like it's a big case there's a lot going on she's been worked up in one like a a very well-to-do area of the world and so what do i um what do i have to do is like look at all these labs and imaging and blah 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 so i said we'll do a little bit of a physical exam and so i didn't even do the proper osteopathic exam i'm just doing like an abdominal exam and uh and I, I start doing it and I just do percussion. I've already done a, we've done an episode or I did an episode on abdominal percussion and how amazing that can be as like a first step in trying to become a better uh, hands-on clinician. So I did percussion and, and guess what? The sensitivity is not in the upper GI. Hmm. And so again, <laughs> wrong Miller. And no, uh, no, no, stop. Don't, don't say that. Because you still were able to find how to course correct. You had an you had a hypothesis, and yes, then you I did. used clinical applications to either either uh, like uh, like accept or reject that hypothesis, and then come with a new uh, and then create a new hypothesis. It's called science. <laughs> well done, sir. This. We didn't. We didn't. But you know that it's still it's cool. Like it's really it's kind of cool being uh, wrong in the short term with your initial thoughts, and then that's when you really learn, right? And so, yeah. anyway, 
a little bit further um, investigation, everything for her, and we didn't have much time, right? So I'm, I'm not saying I did the, the perfect examination, but the sensitivity is clearly pelvic. It's all mm. in the suprapubic area. Um, and I palpate a little bit. And the, and the one area that does seem really, really restricted is uh, the uterus, um, the mobility of the uterus. You Yes, people, you can feel the fundus of the uterus and you can try to mobilize it. And it's very helpful to sort of uh, do so. Um, anyway, that stimulated, stimulated something which came up and only from, you know, palpating that again, she's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, had a lot of issues with my uh, menstrual cycle throughout my life. And uh, definitely it hugely impacts my anxiety and depression. And so, so then Dave said, note to self, talk about menses at second appointment. <laughs> exactly. Because exactly. <laughs> it didn't come up on my, uh, you know, I got my mind map that you can see here. It didn't come up on there at all. And it's, it was like, okay, I'm not done. I haven't figured everything out. She's not, you know, it's not a home run, one visit, everything's perfect. But we are now way more clear on one area that really needs to be fleshed out a lot more. And that's, that's Menzies and, and the gynecological sort of health. So I always, I always think it's hilarious when it happens when you do like a thorough intake, but you still have a couple topics you, you haven't gotten to, but from the sake of hierarchy, based on their chief concerns, you went through the stuff that you thought was gonna be the most. And then they just drop a bomb on you at the very yeah. end of the appointment. And you're just kind of like, Okay, we're gonna put a pin in that and we're gonna talk about that at the next appointment. Let me just rejig what I initially wanted to give you because I don't even think it applies anymore. Like it's just yeah. funny. Yeah, yeah. No, that's <laughs> happened. That happens, right? You just you're, you're like, oh my god, like all this, you have gone down this line of of reasoning and thought, and then they they drop one critical piece. You're like, holy crap, that completely changes everything. You just busted that door right open to a whole new yeah. world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it's but and but like that that's that is the life of being in this practice and and I think that's also why like our initial that's why our initial visits are long mm -hmm. because it allows for discussion it allows for those tangents that leads to these golden nuggets of information that really are just like that's a missing piece that's a missing piece of the puzzle I don't under I, I like like our, our, like our medical world is so phenomenal for so many things. I just don't know how family physicians can get enough information in seven minutes. I just don't understand no. how that system is seen is, uh, is viewed as practical where, you know, uh, you know, I have sometimes those clients that come to see me and it's like a dude and they give me like one word answers. And I was like, and I'm done in like less time than my <laughs> initial. And I was like, okay. And then I have the people that come and they just have, there's so much in their health history. And there's mm -hmm. so much, and we go into their past medical history that we talk about their childhood and we talk about their traveling. We talk about how, how often they get a cold and how long it takes them to recover. They're like, oh my God, actually, that's a really big thing. And like, you, like that's mm -hmm. all important information to understand the vitality of the body, how it, how it deals with stress, how it deals with trauma, how it deals with an infection. So we understand how to use that information to support the body. I just don't understand how someone can do that in a seven minute appointment. Like it's mind boggling to me. I'm struggling, like, like I in said, a 30 like, minute appointment. Yeah, exactly. Like connect, validate, listen, uh, put pieces together, examine, order labs, start treatment, start a physical treat. Like it's, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a lot. It can't be done very. I don't think it can be very done very quickly, but that's, I mean, Western medicine really thrives in those acute emergent situations where They're it fantastic is basically for that. 
where it yeah, is. Yeah, and it is basically formulaic most of the time. It's like, okay, if person has this, this complaint, you do this, then you do this, then it's like, it is a bit formulaic and, and think, and that's not, that's not putting it down in any no. sense. In but, those situations, it's really good to have, like, to be able to have a process. So in an emergency situation where you have to think quickly on your feet, you already know what steps one, two, three, and four are logically, because that's really 90% of the time, that's what has to happen. Right. And I think those are important. Even Dr. Anderson said that he's like an emergency care. There has to be a X, Y, Z kind of approach, like, a you know, and, uh, and and like you said, thank God for it, but we can't use that approach for chronic conditions. That's where we're falling apart here. It doesn't work most, the vast majority of the time. So no, but anyways, uh, but back, back, back to that, that we could just snowball into that conversation, but, um, it's just, it's, uh, I hope, I hope people can appreciate the efforts we put into the work we do, but number one, but also, uh, it's interesting because we've talked about this before too, where I think we get out of school and we've done all those physical exam courses and we've done all that, all that stuff, but it feels like it takes a backseat often to the intake because the intake is important. Mm-hmm. And, we, and obviously we've stressed that today, but there's something very special about being able to allow, uh, like have the body communicate with you in a different way that, um, I think a lot of us have lost sight of. And which is also why I feel from talking to you and talking to some of our colleagues, like a mutual colleague of ours, that's also taken the brawl course who has found it to be helpful um, or talking to osteopaths or sending some of my clients to my osteopaths and stuff like that. There's so much more uh, that can be um, gained from doing that type of work in a, in a clinical setting. Yeah. Wouldn't it be, I mean, maybe someday, but it would be really nice if you could like, just, even if you didn't do it yourself, like mm-hmm. one thing I think naturopaths are really good at when they're good is um, sort of quarterbacking because they have range. There's a Dave, um, remember Dave Nelson? Mm, yeah, of course. The smartest, the smartest guy probably I've ever talked to on the podcast. Anyway, <laughs> uh, don't want to pump his tires up too much, but anyway, oh Dave, Nelson, <laughs> Dave Nelson told me about this book by David Epstein called range. And I read it and it's, it's about kind of having like, uh, it, it's kind of looked down upon in a specialized world to have various interests in various things and be a, jack of all trades he thinks they should get rid of that second part which is a master of none no most actual problem solving comes from outside of the in like not inside the problem like if you're like if you're in chemistry there might be someone in biology that comes in hey did you know that or the opposite like it's very interesting and so so as a naturopath you do have uh if you do you know half decent number of things as a naturopath because you kind of have to you have range and you can come at things from different ways and therefore quarterbacking care referring out um because you have a little bit of a expertise in many different areas i mean that's that's probably the coolest thing about being a naturopath so even if you just had a friend or a colleague yeah. who was really good at this and and you work together mm-hmm. someday it'd be nice maybe we work together in like groups but um right now it's hard i find no, I, I have a, i have a list of people that i refer to because they're going to yeah, but wouldn't it be gonna... nice if you could like yeah. together like you know how like yeah. when people get cancer care it's yeah. like oh, they all it's a come very together integrative consent yeah it actually is interestingly enough you know it it, it is like that so wild anyway. concept guys <laughs> <laughs> 
crazy ideas. So just have more than on one TNT. resource. It takes crazy a village, ideas. guys. It takes a village. Totally. Not just for childcare. It's also just for like <laughs> life, being human, being supported to meet, like to to have your basic needs met. It takes a village. Anyways, yay for visceral manipulation and yay for the Burrell Institute and yay for your awesome palpation skills and to recognize your instincts and what the body's telling you rather than just listening to like what you are, the conclusion that you might have the preconceived conclusion you had in your head for allowing things to guide you and being open to that rather than just making an assumption and being closed-minded to other options. That's a big deal, Dave. Well, thank you for being my personal cheerleader for the last I wish I had some pom-poms so I could just do like a little <laughs> dance. Hey, for... He's our man. If he can't do it, no one can. <laughs> I didn't want it to go there, but you did. My face is red. But no, th thank you uh, for helping me facilitate because you you understand it enough. You know, maybe it's not your number one thing, but you understand the validity of it. And, and that makes talking about it really easy. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I hope uh, when... When I see you in person, whenever the hell I see you in person, I'll show you a couple. Uh, I'll show you a couple of real basic things that I think all of us naturopaths should, should know and make our make our jobs. Uh, I think a little more fun and effective, and people would like it. Uh, yes, yeah. I would appreciate yeah. uh, the tutelage. All right. Well, thank you everyone for listening to our tutelage. <laughs> Thanks, everyone.